Hello and welcome to the Super Show. Jamie, you're looking gorgeous. How the fuck are you doing? Thank you. Um, I'm doing fine. Thank you. Uh, looking gorgeous. Whether or not I'm feeling gorgeous, that's um, up for the folks at home to decide. Um, it's a little bit lonelier here this week, isn't it? It is a little bit lonelier, as people uh, will be able to see. Maybe you won't know if this is their first time here. Um, we are man down. Uh, this is our first week without Chris. Um, we were just chatting briefly before the pod to say we're not, we don't know like where we're going to go, what we're going to do and everything so far. Uh, but with podcast and with life. Yeah, for the, for the time being, we thought we would um, maintain some normality. Uh, cheeky little Super Show podcast um, on a Monday night. So I hope whilst we are two thirds, we can give you the whole package to everyone who's well, watching. That sounds a little bit ambitious and also a little bit, Sexual, maybe. I, I tried. Know. I tried to ooze in a little bit of grease. Just to, uh... I'd, say, I'd say keep that up. I'd say the more grease that you can pack into this shit for the next hour and a bit, the the better. Give the <laughs> give the people what they want. That's my motto. Um, I apologise if if this is your first introduction to the Super Show. We are a video game podcast. Um, it's me and Jamie. That's what I'm going to say from now on. It's me and Jamie. That's how, that's how I'm gonna uh, gonna hit these. Gonna go for it. Um, we are on. YouTube, we're on podcasting platforms, we're on Spotify, iTunes, Google Podcasts, all that good shit. We're also on Paisley Radio, that that didn't work. We are also on PaisleyRadio.com, Thursdays at 10pm, repeated on Mondays. So there's plenty of ways for you to check us out. Um, Yeah, it's going to be a little weird about Chris Jamie, but I think that we're going to manage to uh, keep this little ship together until we can figure out if this is indeed a ship, or maybe it's a car, or maybe it's a plane. Yeah. Exactly. How many wheels does this thing have? Or is it just a rudder? Um, we'll figure it out. Like, I, I think you, you put it quite nicely when you said like that, that keeping some sense of normality is helpful. And I don't know how helpful that's going to be to the people that sort of subscribe on YouTube and expect a notification every now and then, or the people that need something on their podcast feeds for their commutes and whatnot. But if nothing else, it's nice um, for you and I to, to get some kind of normality out of it, because... Otherwise, there would be sort of like a 90-minute long hole in our lives that is usually filled by discussing uh, video game or video game adjacent happenings. Um, and and yeah, like you said, until we figure out exactly what the future looks like and, and how different it looks to where we are now, it makes sense just to sit down every now and then and, and talk about um, record-breaking movies and, and, and big summer tentpole events that aren't happening and things of that nature. It, it really does. And you know, I would love to have talked about what, um, having seen record-breaking movies. <laughs> yeah, that would be nice. We often uh, do a little catch-up, but I'm not even going to be able to do that because, um, yeah, I, I can't. I'm, I'm, I've just been distracted by the chat, I'm just going to have to say, because uh, Peaswad has just said, I'll give you a 90-minute hole to fill. Um, so he's wow. keeping the grease for us there as well. Ooh. What can See, I say? Th- the question there is... Who has to last the 90 minutes? Is it you or is it Peaswood or is it a mixture of the two of you? Oh, I'm not sure I could go that long. That's a good, that's a good point. That is a very good In point. fact, do, do you know what? Speaking of catch-ups, I can, uh, I can say that I watched Creed 3 for the first time in the past week. And Creed 3 offers one of the most, uh, just, you know, talking of how long, you know, you can last. Which I, I guess I'm sort of reading between the lines there a little bit on Peaswood's message. I apologise, Pease, if I've misinterpreted that as... As like, and it wasn't a statement of your sexual stamina. But in Creed Three, there's a moment where Creed is sort of like laying it on pretty thick with his misses, 
and I, I can't remember the exact conversation verbatim, but she's like, no, not now. Like, I just like, give me 15 minutes. And he goes, how about 12? And like grabs her and pulls her down. And then it fades to black. I'm like, is the implication there that Adonis Creed lasts three minutes in bed? Because if so, first of all, that's fantastic. That's representation <laughs> for us normal folks. And secondly, I just love the idea of a guy that's actually called Adonis, who looks like what he looks like, fights the way he fights. And yet he's like, 180 seconds and I'm bussing. <laughs> it's, I, the way you said it, it made me think that he meant he needs 12 minutes. Like he'll give I her 12 minutes. But the, You're running the illusion. But maybe he didn't. Maybe he meant, yeah, he'll give her 12 free minutes. So he needs to just three. Yeah, as someone with so little in common with Michael B. Jordan as myself, the idea that we last the same amount of time in bed is a real sort of, I don't know, like it, it, that's what wakes me up in the morning. More tantalizing to the people out there is not the fact that Adonis Creed lasts three minutes, is we've just got a little window into Jamie and that he lasts three minutes. So, I mean, um, I'll be honest, Pick up I, your don't, I don't know how long I don't know how long I last <laughs> because when you're in the moment, I, I'll be honest, Jonesy. I don't know if it's the same for you, but I I wrap I wrap things up and I'm sat there for a moment. I'm like, I did great just then. I I haven't checked in with her yet, but I feel like I did a really dang good job. And I pick up my phone. And I was like, that was one minute. What was the one- um, what's the line? Is something like, what's premature ejaculation for me? I come right on time. <laughs> there you go. Exactly. Yeah, I feel like they could put that on my gravestone or a bench that someone made in my honour. I, I, I actually did a little bit of homework since we last had the podcast, and I totally forgot about this. I okay. watched a Don, uh, I watched a Creed one and two again. Okay, because and? we had a conversation, and I think I said I wasn't a big fan. I didn't like the way they shot the boxing, and I, I didn't even finish Creed one when I first saw it. I, do you know I what? I actually much preferred. Uh, both film so I'd never seen Creed 2 I preferred Creed 1 watching it again it still had some of the sticking points for me but actually the latter half of the film kind of pulled it back and I thought it was pretty good and then the Creed 2 I preferred to Creed 1 Um, interesting because I think it was because I was it was a little bit more there was something annoying about Creed 1 in that he is a um, rich uh, like has has everything kind of guy. I know he's not right at the very beginning when he's like seven or eight or something, but he becomes that. And then the his reason for wanting to fight was kind of a bit rubbish to me. Like Rocky had such a good idea of why he wanted to be a fighter. And it was like he, yeah. a guy who never had his day. It was like, no, this is my one chance. And then it kind of got dragged Interesting. out. Whereas Creed is like, he's a wealthy, he's, he's, do you know who Creed is? Do you know who Creed is? He's, he's that, he's, what's his name? Jake Paul. Oh right, or Lo- yeah, or Logan. I was say, oh yeah, Jake or Logan. At this point, they're both in sports entertainment in some way, shape, or form. Um, Whereas Rocky was from the streets; he had nothing. Yeah, I get you. I get you. you know, it's interesting you say that as well because there's a bit of that in Creed Three, which like I don't know if you saw any of the trailers or know the premise, but Creed Three very much taps into uh, Creed's life, sort of. Before the first film, um, and 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 some of the, and overlaps with some elements uh, of the of the scenes you were talking about, but there's someone from Creed's past who is uh, extremely prominent in the third film, and they are the person who is like, no, I should have had this life, and I was the one who was, you know, uh, you know, I was the one who was this, that, and the other, and had to go through this place to get to that place, and 
I should be, I should have that money and I should have that wife and I'm going to take back what I feel is mine kind of vibe. Right. Um, so, Interesting. Recommended. I liked it. I do, I do want to say um, that is, um, yeah, I think I've, maybe I was too harsh a judge uh, on Creed 1 and 2 before and did actually enjoy them more um, the second time round. Um, although, I'd, yeah, for me, still not a patch on Rocky. Um, I'm still a, a more of a Rocky mm. fan. But I, you know, that's no, I'm not, yeah, I'm not going to try and change your mind like the Rocky film. Some of the Rocky films are classics. Some, some are, some are classics. Man, here's, here's me hoping uh, the like the Creed Four is Rocky's son, who's never shown any interest in boxing, suddenly being like, oh, like he wants to be a boxer and he fights Creed, and then it switches over and it becomes like I don't know. It's a weird little thing again, but well, there, there was a rumor like early in the development of Creed Three that um, that the that the bad guy was going to be Mister T's. Um, that would have been uh, awful, kid. In like, and they were just going to do the same gimmick as Creed Two, but were like, now it's someone else's son. Um, whereas that, that's one of the things that ended up working about Creed Two. I thought to a certain extent is while it is just the next Drago, there is something about him like. I can't remember the details, but him being almost like banished from Russia, like ashamed because he let down the nation yeah. and like living, like living in Ukraine or some, yeah, they, some of that and stuff. I was like, okay. Even the, uh, what's her name? Bridget Nielsen, who plays the mom. Yeah. She's like left him and she's like left the kid. And it's this kind of like how, and part of it is Ivan Drago trying to get in the good graces of Russia and his wife right. again. And it's, yeah, it's kind of weird in some respects, that movie, but... Well, it felt like they needed, like, like Ivan Drago needed to have a reason to have, like, some kind of conflict and tension as well. And that all plays into, I feel like, how they wrapped everything up, which was, you know, for as many... There, there are only so many ways a film that revolves around a boxing fight can end, right? Like, <laughs> person A wins, yeah. person B wins, or, or it's a draw, or... so. And so, yeah, like, finding interesting twists on that is always fun. But, um... Yeah, Creed I, three, I, yeah. I was, one of the dumbest things that I do about all of those films, Rocky is just as bad, is the way they just slug each other in the face. And it's like, that yeah. is just, and everyone eats about 50 punches per match, like full on jaw breaking, head rattling, like knock you out punches, and they just eat them all day long. Yeah. That does get yeah. a bit weird, but you know. Anyway, we digress, uh, we digress. Yeah. We should probably talk about video games. But before we talk about... um Another movie, but more linked to video games than Creed or Rocky. I'm going to give a little shout out uh, to some awesome people, Jamie. Um, I, I have to do a little thing now because now that we're live. Oh, yeah. I have to do this so people can see some awesome people on screen right now. I'm talking about the Patreons who support us over at patreon.com forward slash super show. Um, there are some names on the screen right now, but I would also like to give a shout out to some people. Um I'd like to shout out Aaron Cameron, Athletic Gravy, Brimstone, Cole K, Davenat Coburn, Ice Knock Rock Salt, Jesper Camdown Nielsen, Leo Merger, Mindful Pig, Mr. Anthropic, Pastors Guild, and the big dogs, the members of the board. I'm talking Brett Z, aka Shellshock, Geometric Potter, Hacksaw Book Reed, Manuel Guerrero, and Pease Wad. I would say that weird. Pease Wad. Pease Wad. Pease Wad. Like it's two words. Yeah, it's two, it's two words. Um, thank you, everybody, for supporting us. It's a bit of a weird time at the moment, like, like we said. We The Patreon, for all of you guys, um, obviously, as we said last week, has been or the week before, blimey, has been frozen uh, for this month. And when we know what's going on, uh, what we're going to do in the future, it will um, we'll, we'll keep you all informed and we'll let you know what is going on. Um, yeah. 
catch-up wise, Jamie, my whole catch-up was was talking maybe about Creed. I didn't have I don't have anything else. Uh, what? Oh, that's, I'm kind of that's interesting because I I didn't know that you hadn't written that down and bring then the fact that I could bring up Creed three and we kind of naturally segued into that. That's what they call podcasting magic, Mister Jones. Mm, um, they do. I mean, I I don't have a huge amount to catch up on as well, just because on the gaming front I've been putting work into finishing uh, games that I was talking about this time two weeks ago. Um, a lot of that work has now been done. Um, I want to give a particular shout out to Resident Evil 4, which I have now finished, and that has uh, already cemented its place, I think, as uh, what will become one of my favorite games of the year. Um, I had an absolute blast with that. I kind of knew I would because I enjoyed the 2 and 3 remakes so much, but 4 is its own beast when it comes to kind of an absolute wild roller coaster of um, a story and some crazy moments and crazy characters and a lot of that stuff has been uh, really love really lovingly uh, brought to the current generation of consoles and had a great time with it. Um, and in the obsession, uh, as we're recording, it's the it's the final day of a bank holiday weekend, which meant for us here in the UK it was four days off, uh, Friday through Monday. And I, for some reason. Yeah, great, but I've wasted it. I wasted it. I don't know that's a harsh word to use. I haven't been able to stop playing Yakuza Like a Dragon. Oh, which, um, interesting. Yeah, which it was a weird one, right? Because it's not even the latest Yakuza. Because, um, well, it's since then. In fact, testament to how it's not the latest Yakuza, the name's fucking changed since then. Because <laughs> obviously, technically, the most recent Yakuza was Like a Dragon Ishin, which was the one set in the, the ye olde times. This was the one from, was it 2020, that uh, turned it into turn-based combat and had a new um, protagonist in the form of Ichiban Kazuga, the guy with the red suit and the big uh, fluffy hair. Um, and I've just been really enjoying it. It's kind of clicked with me in a way that Yakuza games haven't in the past. And I'm not sure I'm necessarily going to become a Yakuza guy now as a result of it. But um, I don't know, like uh, earlier today, I, I was walking down an alleyway and. Um, some guy caught my attention and it turned out he was absolutely naked apart from he was covered in soap suds over key areas key areas in this case being cock and the balls um, I didn't see the backside and not get I'm not gay okay so I'm not even looking um, uh, turns out that he was like they have these things in Japan's called I think they're called soap lands which are bases places where you can go and get a bath and like a massage and it's basically just a way for them to get around prostitution laws um, oh, okay. Think, yeah. So, like, because it's one of these things where you can't pay for sex for some with someone that you like you don't know, but these places have the setup in such a way where technically, over the course of your massage and your uh, your bath, your wash, you get acquainted with a woman, and so because you're acquainted, it's no longer prostitution. <laughs> what? Um, that sounds very, amazing. That's anyway. This why what, what a, what a uh, loophole. I know. I, hey, it, it turns out if if there are if there are laws around uh, prostitution, well, well, there's anything, but prostitution especially, uh, organized crime members will uh, do anything they can in their power to find ways around them. Because um, I, I gather most of these things are yakuza run, or maybe that's just the fancy this game is selling. Anyway, this dude was in one of these places, got an emergency phone call from his grandparents, and ran out of the soapland so quickly that now he's stuck naked outside and can't get to the train station. And so you have to escort him to a clothing shop while making sure that he doesn't get like wet or splashed along the way. Because the so soap would get washed off. 
Exactly. And so there are like these women who are like throwing water in the street. And then at one point there's a, like a, like the a fire, like a, you know, a fireman who's messing with a hose and you have to avoid all these water-based obstacles <laughs> to get, it's, it's a, a fascinating video game. Jay-Z. This this would be the point that Steph Murphy would pipe up with something like, actually, yeah, when I leave my house, it's really hard to go anywhere without uh, getting accidentally wet. By uh, would be like, what are you talking about? Exactly. Murphy. and walk for 25 minutes naked, covered in soap suds, there's a non-zero percent chance that I will get a splash of water and reveal my cock and balls. That need, that needs to be uh, one of the trials on um, the little game show thing that I've told you before that I want to do. Like we have to get oh, right, su- okay. sudsed up, and then people need to like chuck water about, and you've got to try and not get the suds washed off. On, on, honestly, I think if you used Yakuza, or, and let's just say the whole Yakuza <laughs> series as inspiration for your your mini games, let's say, like you would have everything you needed in one place. Like there's so much weird nonsense in this game. Um, like I've I fought a group of adults in diapers over some baby formula. I <laughs> helped a homeless guy recover what I mistook for his pet crawfish, only to find out that it was the one he was most keen to eat. Um, and <laughs> so- I felt so I felt so sorry for the crawfish that I I took it off him and swapped it from a for a premium sushi set. And now that crawfish is an ally that I can use my mobile phone to call in in the middle of fights. Do do you think I could learn a lot about Japanese culture by playing the Yakuza games? Because I'm tempted already, and I think that would be a little uh, a cherry on top. Honestly, and hey, Japanese experts in the, in the in the chat or in the comment section or wherever, please correct me if I'm wrong. But my understanding is that in a weird way, the answer is yes. Because while the Yakuza games, I think, are quite well known for their their bullshit and like how absolutely buck wild some of the situations are in terms of the characters you meet situations you end up in. There are also moments where it's like, you're going to sit down now and watch a 20 minute long cutscene that features like really intricate discussions and details around the way Yakuza families and clans are structured and who reports to who and all the way like certain businesses are run all. And I guarantee, I gather that if you go to something like Like a Dragon Ishin, the one set in whatever year it was, there's a lot of historical stuff there around, again, like different wars that were going on at the time. And um, I don't know how much of it is. I think the the, the, the details are, are often not specific because I think there are a lot of fictional locations and obviously fictional families, clans, and so on and so forth for, for understandable reasons. Um, but I, I, from what I gather... Some of the more interesting, like cultural elements that are touched upon, are probably accurate to Japan. I don't know. Interesting, interesting. Nice. I'll, you know what? I'll go there and find out. And if you y- yes, receive a selfie from me covered in soap suds, you know where I am. I mean, I think you would be complacent not to go to a soapland and see how well you can get to know uh, a lovely Japanese lady before um, you have Maybe. to go back. They've probably got a no foreigners policy. Turns out, xenophobic. All the Japanese, they just don't like us. There you go. It happens. Yeah. What else? Have you been playing anything else or watching anything else? Uh, yeah, that's it, really. Uh, the one thing that I wish I'd seen and uh, wish I could sit here and talk about ad nauseum, because Lord knows I will when I have seen it, is, 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 is one of our news stories. So I'm happy to, to leave that discussion until, uh, until the time is right. 
Um, the time, Jamie, is right right now. So uh, shout out to the Mario movie, which I believe the whole title is The Super Mario Bros. Movie, um, mm. because it has become the highest grossing video game and slash or animated movie uh, of all time for its opening box office weekend. It has uh, smashed previous records. I don't know how many it needs to, to be a smash, but it's done very well. It's done $204 um, billion dollars in the US and it's what? done... Wrong letter. Million, sorry, not, not billion. That would be insane. Oh, now that would be impressive. $204 million uh, in the US and it's done $377 million globally. Um, yeah, which is which is pretty impressive. Just as a little bit of a comparison... Um, Sonic the Hedgehog 2 for video game movies previously held the record uh, and that got 141 million in the US. So it's done 25% again. No, that's not even right. 30% again what Sonic 2 managed to do. Look at that math. As in 140 million. Take a a third of that. Oh, I'm praising you. There you go. Are you proud? I didn't even... I know, I was praying, I'm not going to do that maths in my head. I'm going to believe you and praise you. I'm not slagging you off. <laughs> which, is, which is not surprising at all, is it? Let's be honest. It's got Chris Pratt in it. It's got um, uh, Anya Taylor-Joy. It's got Jack Black. It was always, it's got a lot of money behind it. It's, it's cartoony. It was always going to do pretty yeah. well, wasn't it? Yeah, I, I, I think so. Um, I, I, was, I was curious to see how well it was going to do, but I think, yes, there's something about the mass market appeal and the, the familiarity of Mario. And also, I think the fact that they're at least on the surface, based on the sort of trailers, promotional materials, sticking fairly true to that Mario look and feel, like they're not doing anything drastic to the design. Like I think with Sonic, you had a very recognisable uh, video game mascot, ultimately, even if he was a mascot for a um, for a group of consoles and a console manufacturer who's no longer in the hardware game, so I don't know if you can call him that anymore. But like Sonic was a, a, a 90s legend, a lot of people still like him now, but you, took, you were taking him out of the Sonic world you know, and putting him in the human world, for example. And I think some people immediately see that and read that as like video game adaptation. And there's sort of like a hands-off element to here that, right. uh, to that. I think for some people, um, maybe maybe that's unfair. But I got that. Vibe. Whereas there's something about the everything about the aesthetics and the the optics of the Mario movie being so true to that core kind of look and feel that I think meant that there was always going to be a lot of crossover. Um, and it's just got such recognizability, right? Like. I can say that my sort of extended family, younger siblings, they're not a Nintendo household. They, they're they an Xbox household now. They don't have a Switch. Uh, they've never owned a Nintendo console for that reason. and I, like So they've never played a Mario game. But like, of course they know who Mario is, and of course this is a big deal, and of course they're going to the cinema to see it. Like, And there's a part of that that meant that a certain amount of success was guaranteed. I just, like I said... I don't know if I saw... I could see it... I, I could have seen it overtaking Sonic the Hedgehog 2 to overtake Frozen 2 and get the biggest uh, opening weekend of all time for an animated film. Probably I, I would have guessed it wouldn't have let that far, but I'm kind of glad it did in a weird way. You know, I, I would have agreed with you. I, I wouldn't have thought it could do animated. Video game, yeah, absolutely. And the weird... You're actually right. I hadn't thought about it, that. Sonic has an interesting... Uh, a bit of an interesting angle on that because... You, it's recognisable, but it's nowhere near as recognisable as Mario to like as many people. I think you can say Sonic the Hedgehog, everyone knows who that is. But then if you yeah. start talking about like 
Amy and Knuckles and, I mean, Tails maybe more so, but like his little friends. Whereas you talk about Mario, you talk about Luigi, you talk about Peach, you talk about Toad, everyone, I think everyone would be like, oh yeah, of course, it's Mario. Yeah. We yeah, all know exactly. them. Smart, very smart on to pull Sonic out of his world, but I think actually very smart to keep Mario well and truly in his and to try and um, play on some of that. Agreed. Sweet. Like, Mario goodness. I, I never saw the second one. I think you did, right? But the, like, I got the, always got the impression that with the Sonic the Hedgehog films, they were making the right calls and that the casting there, um, especially with like Jim Carrey's uh, Robotnik, for example, and the way they drew in the real world and live action elements made perfect sense for, for what they were doing um, and produced likable movies. That's a, no, I completely, I have seen Sonic 1 about 15 times and I've seen Sonic 2, I think three or four times because my kids like want us to watch them all the time. And often it's yeah. me going, I don't want to watch Sonic 2 again. Like I've, I've already seen it three times since it came out. That's enough at the moment. Um, I'm putting my foot down. Um, yeah, exactly. But Sonic 1. So, I will, let's go through the, meta, the, the uh, meta scores quickly, just because I thought these were funny, because I, I like Sonic 1. I think it is like actually decent. Like I enjoy it. Um, critic score for Sonic 1 was 47. And Sonic 2 was the same as 47. Sonic 2, not as good as Sonic 1. It's still all right, but it gets a little more into the weeds of like... Um, like Knuckles is introduced, Tails is introduced. Um, they start talking about more like Chaos Emeralds and stuff. Whereas Sonic yeah. 1 was a, like, more of a fun, anyone can enjoy it. It's about a little blue alien hedgehog thing, if you really want to just talk about it like that. Um, and Doctor, even Dr. Robotnik's not really Dr. Robotnik. He's Jim Carrey's take on a funny government, uh, like, dude. Totally. Um, but yeah, so they both got 47, the Sonic movies. This, the Mario movie, scored a 46 with critics. So so with by the critics' scales, this is, well, ever so fractionally worse. But, the, yep. but, the, but again, like this doesn't make any sense to me. Sonic, I thought, was, I thought was a fun movie. Sonic 2, like I said, not as good, but did the same. This tells me that Mario is going to be good. I'm going to enjoy it. Like, the, your 40, I, I laugh and spit in the face of your 40s if this he critics yeah. is what you're saying. You just got no fun bone. You don't know what you're talking about. Well, there's definitely a little bit of that, or at least there's a it appears to be a bit of that when you look at sort of some of the. I guess I don't know whether you could call the user reception the blowback, but I mean you've put the you you've you provided here the user Metascore or Metacritic of eight point six uh, for for Mario, which is obviously as as we used to when we've discussed video games in the past, is you know the complete other end of the uh, the the scale to the critics. Uh, the first Sonic film sitting on an 8.0, the second Sonic film sitting on a 7.9. So Mario clear there. And I know there's also been a lot of talk about the Rotten Tomatoes audience score also being extremely high, I think the high 90s. Um, so there's definitely does seem to be one where there are, I don't know whether it's people voting naturally or whether there's a little bit of skewing going on as, as we've seen in video games in the past. But the people who are choosing to sound off and their opinions on, on Mario are, are speaking very highly of it, um, which is a bit more in keeping with what kind of what I thought um, and, and what I was expecting based off the promotional materials. Like, I, I don't know about you, but I never got the vibe that this was going to be like, you know, you get those like certain Pixar films are, and rightly so, critically acclaimed and they get five stars from critics and they... They get all those headlines like this is perfect for adults and for kids and they get nominated for, um, well, obviously they get nominated for Oscars because there's an animated film category, but some of them even feel like they transcend that and you get your Toy Story 3s and your Inside Outs and, and what have you where everyone just unanimously goes, 
this is just a good fucking movie. Um, I never necessarily thought Mario was going to be one of those. And so this disparity makes some amount of sense to me. I don't know. Yeah. I, there's also a weird thing in that I think it, some of these uh, some of these video game, especially adaptation movies, they need to do a certain amount of um, stuff for the fans, which won't necessarily appeal to critics, which might actually yeah. make it like t- I suppose technically a worse film. But if they didn't do it, um, fans would kind of be like, well, why haven't they done this? Why haven't they done that? Why haven't they done a shout to this? Why haven't they? And that uh, you just got to look at how much money it made in its opening weekend to see that they made the right decision on that one. Um, yeah. Exactly. Sometimes it's better like, to make a, 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 a worse movie that does better than a, a better movie that does worse, I suppose. Yeah. I, 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 from a financial perspective, absolutely. Like if they <laughs> yeah. made a, a, an, an absolutely stunning Mario film that everyone unanimously agreed was a, like one of the best films of the year and no one fucking went to see it. That's <laughs> a pretty big disaster. And also, like, like I don't want to be too, too disparaging against the Minions, because I know that they are easy to dunk on, but they actually produce, generally speaking, like better films than I think some people recognize. But with Illumination being the studio primarily involved in producing this film, uh, like th- this could have gone a lot worse, and they could have produced something a lot more annoying um, if their track record was anything to go by. And also, this basically guarantees a sequel, which is exciting for someone who does just want to go and see like every little nod and and wink and Easter egg and every single reference to every single. Ma- I, I want to. I'm going to be the guy who's like like got the binoculars out looking for like some tiny reference to Flood from Super Mario Sunshine or something like that that just appears for a fraction of a second and that's going to make my weekend because those are the kind of weirdos we are, right? I yes, yeah, we are. But I I know that um once I uh, admit to my kids that it's out of the cinema that I'm not going to be able to get away from it. That is so, I was going to ask, like, what the temperatures like in the Alex Jones household on on Mario at the moment? Uh, so they've been looking forward to it um, for ages, and if I'd have told them it was out already, they would have been like livid that we are not already watching it. If I'm being completely honest, right. but it doesn't really fit in the schedule at the moment. So as soon as we've got time, we'll go and see it, um, and then as soon as it comes out to to get on any platform, I know we'll have to watch it again and again and again and again and again and again and again. So. Yeah, yeah. I, I'm, I'm sure I'll, I'll see every Easter egg that is hidden throughout that whole thing. <laughs> yeah, um, and anything that you don't see, you, you're going to get told about. I'm sure. Yes. Yeah. Exactly. But no, no I'm I'm looking forward to seeing it. I think it's going to be um I think it's going to be cool and, and enjoyable. So I've I've spoken to one guy who has seen it and he really liked it. He said it wasn't amazing, but from as a Mario fan, he said he absolutely loved it. It did everything he wanted it to do, and it was it was bang on. So um, yeah, that's good to hear. That's very good to hear. One totally. um like. Yeah. Uh, a game that is more animated that is decided not to go in keeping, though, Jamie, with how it looks, is, um, of course, Minecraft the movie, which is coming out in yeah. 2025, apparently, which is going to be live action, which is interesting. Yeah, that's that's a choice. And, and, and don't get me wrong, I could see why... Looking at Minecraft, especially just like <laughs> vanilla regular Minecraft, some Hollywood hotshot producers can would sit around a table and say, "Yeah, we can't make a movie that fucking looks like that." Like <laughs> we're not making a movie that looks like that. I'm sorry. Those characters, their like the their shapes, the way their their heads kind of like swivel on top of those weird <laughs> rectangular bodies. It's just not happening. Um, but the move to make it well, what, what at least has been described as a live action film 
uh, I just don't know. You're not making a Minecraft film at that point, surely. And maybe there's been kind of like lost in the weeds here, where this is uh, uh, like live action the same way we just described Sonic as being live action. But then, even if you're taking fucking Minecraft Steve and having him run around in the real world, so you can get apparently Jason Momoa of all people in there as him, like like, and so you can get all, get everything you paid for as far as his faces and voice is concerned. Um, that just sounds like a weird mix. And then you throw in the, apparently the director of Napoleon Dynamite currently attached. I just don't know what kind of a film this is. But then, I, I, like, I don't know if you kept up with this, but they've rattled through so many, so many directors and stars since um, it was first confirmed in 2014, nine years ago, this film, um, that perhaps it's not surprising that it looks like they're running out of ideas. I, I, if I had to guess right now what the plot was going to be of this, I would say Minecraft Steve is in the Minecraft world, in his happy little Minecraft life, and then Hero Brian appears and drags him out of Minecraft world into the real world, and it's one of those kind of weird, why have you done this? It, you know it's it's going to make me uh, feel sad the same way the Bob Hoskins um, Mario movie uh, made me feel sad when they did that, and it was that yeah. fucking weird and terrible. Which it's it's weird that you mentioned that, right? Because with the Mario film doing everything it's doing at the moment, and with The Last of Us having just done everything it did on the TV side of things, mm. there has been a sort of a renewed wave of people on social media, kind of pointing at those two uh, products in particular and saying, "Hey, look." The, it turns out the answer was in front of your face the whole fucking time. If you make the like, make a video game, make a movie that's about the video game and that's like the video game and has respect for the video game and and it works. Don't try and sort of like rip it apart and pick and choose the elements and characters and themes and ideas you want and make some weird like Hollywood newfangled you know Frankenstein's monster out of the bits of a video game that you think are the most sellable or the most most merchandisable. Just fucking adapt the material. And now oh, we're talking the, about this. The first thing that comes to mind when you say that is like Assassin's Creed. Like, what the hell did they do with that movie to make it that weird, mm-hmm. shitty, like, oh, we can't have an, an animus, like a Matrix thing where he just lays down because the Matrix was, the, was you know, the worst film ever received ever, which it of course wasn't. Um, we need to have some stupid crane that's going to pick him up 40 feet in the air while he has a fever dream of acting out everything he does. And I was like, yeah. why? You didn't need to do that. You've just made it so much worse. And yeah, yeah. still hate that. Still bizarre. hate that. So bizarre. And yeah, terrible. Like they, they, yeah, you're right. Stick to the, stick to the subject matter and just adapt it into the other medium. Yeah. And, and I suppose the win here is that Mario is making so much money and The Last of Us did so well, so, you know, reportedly in terms of viewers and whatnot and m- most metrics that are made available to the public. That hopefully the message coming away from the first part of 2023 is that here's how you do it sustainably and successfully, and then maybe in the long run that puts people off. But I just feel like Hollywood in particular has a really bad track record of sort of not learning from its mistakes and and sticking with the thing that it thinks works best. Um, and I I do fear that we've got more Minecraft like projects on the horizon than we do last of us or super mario bros like projects but as long as they don't fuck up metal gear jonesy we'll be fine (laughs) i um 
I should have I should have looked this up. I can't. I, I, I was listening to someone or someone was saying that HBO are, have bought the rights to Hogwarts Legacy to make that into a series, which I think is a, um, which I can't remember where I saw that or heard it. I have to do more into it. But that's, there that's, was a story about them rebooting Harry Potter. It wasn't that, was it? Maybe, maybe I'll have to do some more. Maybe it's both. On. Could could well be because that sort of thing seems like a no brainer. Like you need to, a TV series based around something like that. Don't go crazy. Don't make it weird. Just adapt cool. it for the medium. I should maybe I should say here though because you've mentioned it a few times. I was kind of let down with the Last of Us in the end. Really, I. <laughs> Go on. So yeah, talk talk me through this, Jonesy. Lay down on the couch. It's, I, this is a bit. It's a bit out of date now, though, isn't it? I should have wished. I should have said this uh, closer to the time. No, do you know what? It, I, I I liked it, and it was it was in keeping. There was a few departures which I didn't. You know, wasn't that keen on. Um, but then I, I just ha- I had a bit of like a uh feeling by the end. Like I think which uh. yeah, like okay. Oh, there you go. That was the end. I don't know. I, I just, I suppose I was hoping they'd TV it a little bit more. Maybe they were too following, uh, following the video game too closely. And in the end, I knew how it was going to end. They did the end. It finished. And then it was the end. And I was like, oh, okay. Uh, it just left me feeling a little flat. I can see why it maybe left you feeling a little flat. But at the same time, I think if they'd done anything other than like respecting and adhering to the story and especially the ending of the game, then I'd have been, you know, flipping tables. Like you can't. No, can't yeah, you're right. You yeah. You know, you are right. Maybe it's not what they, maybe it's not the story and how, what they, that the story they presented. Maybe it's just the way they presented it. Then I don't, I don't know, Matt. I, it just, I was kind of surprised with my reaction to it as well. Cause I was a little, the whole David stuff I felt was a little bit, just seemed to happen real oh, fast. See, I, again, I liked that. Oh, see, that is a valid criticism of not just that episode, but I think the entire series is that everything feels like it happens just a little bit too fast. Yeah, like this is the David thing I thought was going to be. I think we talked about this before. I thought it was going to be a few episodes and it'll be almost like a third of the season. And in the end, it was kind of just like a, you know, one one and you're done kind of thing. And it seemed to happen real fast. But um, but no, it, it, it was very, very good. It was very, very good. I do know a live thing, Jamie, that has a bit of trouble sometimes. Yeah, it's E3 2023. I mean that that is that is technically live and that it happens sort of like in real time. Uh, I guess in in a roundabout way, it is live. And, and yeah, unfortunately, yeah. it's been killed. It's been can- or not killed yet. It's been cancelled, but it doesn't bode well for the fact that it's not been on for the last few years and it's now been cancelled on a year when they should be able to run. Yeah, like th- this felt like the year where everything was kind of coming together in such a way where it's like, okay, I don't know what this is going to look like or how good it's going to be, but at least it's finally going to happen. Like at least a reputable company with a long history of putting on events that people go to have taken the reins and like something's going to happen. That Doors will open, costumed folk will walk in, and, and, and video game shenanigans will be had. Um, who will be present for them on the, you know, the, sort of the publisher side? Who knows? How many people will be there on the consumer side? Who knows? But it will happen. And then all of a sudden, it, it turns out it won't. Yeah, I mean, we, we talked about this a few weeks ago and we said that um, it was looking pretty ropey because a number of people had pulled out and it wasn't looking great for E3 and it was pretty unfortunate. 
Um, but it was uh, it was a, just over a week ago. Obviously, we haven't covered it because we've not been on air since then. But um, it is pretty unfortunate that now it has officially been pulled. Um, but Jamie, do you want to do you want to run us through what we know, what's happened, and why, if we do know any of that stuff? Yeah, for sure. Like, well, basically, you kind of hit the nail on the head when you talked about the fact that when we were last recording with Chris a couple of weeks ago, we were talking about more and more companies pulling out, and obviously, like it was the it was the big ones that you'd expect, like. Microsoft are obviously very famous for doing their own thing just down the road. PlayStation have been doing their own thing for ages and so on and so forth. But there were also some slightly worrying ones. I think Ubisoft were kind of like the poster uh, boy for uh, for worrying E3, not just like uh, like turning down E3, but E3 U-turns. Because Ubisoft, um, of course, were like, yeah, we're going to be there. And I think Eve even had, there was even a quote attributed to Eve that was like, if E3 happens, we'll be there. Um, and it was like one or two weeks later, they were like, well, it turns out we're not going to be at E3 and please look forward to our to our Ubisoft forward live stream that happens in the exact same week that E3 would have happened. Um, that, I, I, that feels brutal to me. Like if you, that oh, just yeah. feels, un, it just feels like a, a needless, like dig in the ribs. They, they didn't, you don't need to like, if you're going to do it anyway, man, just, just throw, do something at E3. Just throw on my bone. Just be part yeah, of it. Yeah, and honestly, I thought that was what it was going to be. Like, So for anyone that doesn't know, the E3, or um, the, well, the would-be E3 that was going to take place this summer would have been uh, brought to us, obviously, by by ESA, who, who run E3, um, but also organized by Repop, who do a lot of stuff around the world, various Comic-Cons and conventions and what have you. And like by, by, by most accounts they're pretty good at doing what they do in that those events happen. Like I said, those doors open and lots of costumed folk walk in like that. They, they put on popular events around the world. And I thought that they were going to be the right people to usher in a new generation of E3, which was going to be a lot more consumer focused. It wasn't going to have as much going on. People weren't necessarily going to be going there for fucking B2B meetings and the corridors and the, the, the hallways around the, around the show floor. It was just going to be, Go there, and you know someone's going to shoot T-shirts out of a cannon, and you're going to try a free sample of an energy drink. And maybe if you're willing to queue for six hours, you'll get to play ten minutes of a game that actually kind of came out two months ago. Um, but no one's really talking about that for some reason. Um, and then all of a sudden, it, I, I think the the wording around the statements that Reed Popper put out suggests that perhaps they thought there was going to be a little bit more support from the games industry side of things than there actually ended up being. Um, you know, they've put out a lot of very positive sounding things and some of which I agree with about the power and of, and the name of E3 and the re- potential relevance of an event like this for to happen in some way, shape or form. But I think you talk about like um, Ubisoft's move being sort of like pretty damning, kind of like a knife in the back. Repop kind of said it themselves. Um, the, um, the the quote was, "This was actually not in a press uh, sort of statement, but in an email they were sending. They sent to IGN when they were confirming the news that um, E3 quote simply did not garner the sustained interest necessary to execute it in a way that would showcase the size, strength, and impact of our industry. So basically, like a straight up admittance that like there just wasn't enough interest. Like we 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 sent out the emails, we put out the feelers." And the the word back that we got from the games industry was that either we don't need you, we don't want you, or both. So two two things that kind of put a bit of a wrinkle on it for me, and a, I, questions I have, like not I'm not saying these are things that necessarily made made the difference. 
I, I, I might be misremembering, but I'm pretty sure, didn't they say that the cost to be at E3 was going to go up for um, like people that wanted to present and it was actually going to be quite pricey just to kind of be there? I seem to remember that was the case um, yes, a while ago. I can't remember. There, there was definitely some conversation around. It was it was always too expensive, but I yeah yeah. yeah. Um, and then I think the second thing for me is, um, right, you know, all these companies who are now doing their own thing and who have their own forwards, who have their own showcases. If they're already doing that, and if they're already putting them out online, and that is where everyone's seeing it, right? Um, it's yeah. not a case. It's at E three. It gets covered by news um, companies, and then it gets put out to everyone else. If you're doing it yourself online anyway. I suppose that does just say to these companies, why are you bothering spending the money, the time, the effort, the manpower, the resource to go to this place when you can dictate it yourself? And for me, those totally. two things are like a death knell, right? It's too expensive oh, and it's too easy to do something else. Absolutely. And the, the beautiful thing for the people who are on the side of video game live streams and not attending E3 was that their bedding in period for all of that stuff, by and large, was... Uh, you know, during a global pandemic when people were locked down and more more people than ever were A, gaming, and B, sat around, you know, either uh, absorbing or, or looking out for gaming news. And so all of a sudden you were putting on either live streams of your own doing or you were, like, linking up with someone like Keeley who, you know, still very much does. There's some physical elements to Keeley's events, but he is very much like everyone tune in on this one night, please. Um, and those end up being far more sensible and efficient and cost-effective ways to get the message out there at a time where, because of what 2020, 2021, 2022 were like, more people than ever were watching and listening. And so those numbers were you know, record-breaking in a lot of cases for those live streams, and all of a sudden it was like, well, hang on a second, if the, if the goal at the end of the day is to, to get eyeballs on our trailers and to get people excited in our products... And the, the sacrifice we have to make is that a few less IGN employees spent 20 minutes playing a demo behind closed doors. <laughs> then, then that's a, you know, we'll eat that cost. That's the price we're willing to pay. Yes. Yeah. And it, it is, and the weird thing, I suppose, to a lot of people who never would have been there, who never would have seen what it was like, because we were lucky enough to go back in 2018. Was it 2018, yeah. I think? Um, it is a pretty amazing, pretty impressive event. And we were lucky that we were, we weren't like, as insider as some people were, but we did get to go to some of those behind the scenes play alongs. We did get to go to like some cool stuff. Um, and I can, and that side of it is wicked. Like I, I think that was amazing. We would love to go again, et cetera, et cetera. But you can just see why it becomes less and less of an important thing for the individual companies, um, yeah. which, which is unfortunate, but I suppose it's the way of the world. And like, as you said, Keely found a way to like digitize that thing. And it was to say, yeah. Let me let me make it a whole summer thing. Let me have a place where people can come and see it and I'll bookend it with some cool shows that I'm going to do anyway that have some physical element to them. And it, yeah, it's, it's just, I suppose it's like the old and the new and it's like that thing of, well, in our day, it was, it was more fun to do it like this. And then people laugh at you because you're like, that's not how you do it anymore. And E3 will probably come back in its most physical form ever when Fortnite decide that they're going to do a E3 event and you get to like go in and run around oh, like as a Fortnite me- character. Metaverse E3. Yeah. And then Keely will probably, that, but that'll probably be run by Keely anyway. It won't really be E3. It'll be Summer Game be- Fest in Fortnite. So. He does seem to get his fingerprints over everything. And he was, it should be noted, a very, very, very quick 
to double down on Summer Game Fest uh, happening and and the dates and times it would be happening and what people were, should look out for in the immediate aftermath of the E3 news. Like, he basically tweeted within minutes of the confirmation, like, hey, everyone, remember that, uh, that Summer Game Fest is still happening. And I love that whatever we are three years on, I still don't really know what summer game fest is or what jeff Keeley thinks that summer game fest is but all i know like you said is that there's going to be in june time there's going to be some big live stream and a lot of you know different developers and publishers and like studios of all different shapes and sizes are going to attend and it's going to be a, a bit too long but we'll have a good time and there'll be a ubisoft stream within a week of that and there'll be a microsoft stream within a week of that and stuff some stuff will still happen and it will still be exciting and a lot of it will still be you know focused around a certain stretch of time in june most likely and everything's going to be okay and then jeff Keighley's going to absolutely needlessly come back again in august for gamescom opening night live but we're going to enjoy it all over again because it's a weird german thing and why not and yeah it's just you they end up becoming nice pillars of the video game calendar you know they do, and you, and it worry. The only thing that worries me, or not the only thing, but the main thing that worries me is without the pillars, the the whole thing will become more uh, like disjointed. And games companies go, hey, why does it need to be from this time to this time? Like the sort of summer game fest, sort of two months, I guess it is. And it will just end up spreading out to the whole year, and then it all goes, and then you don't have any pillars, and then you lose Gamescom, you lose E three, you lose a few of those other things, and then you end up yeah. with nothing, and then all year it's just. Sony have got another uh, another showcase. Uh, Nintendo have got another, and you and you lose that. I like that. I like having a time in the year that I get excited about, and I don't want to lose I, that. I do too, and I hope it doesn't go. And like you're right, you mentioned the two heavy hitters. In as far as we don't give a fuck, uh, you know what your calendar says in in Sony and Nintendo, they're very much just like we're gonna have a we're gonna have a show when we need to have a show when it's time to show stuff or because we're ready or because. Um, our third-party partners are putting pressure on us. Um, you know, it will happen when it happens. Um, and man, they need it. They yeah. bloody need it. Because Sony and Nintendo, with the state of play and like Nintendo Direct, they are some of the worst offenders for having like a um, having a, a showcase. And you kind of watch it and go, "Oh, yeah, that was all right." Well, did they need to do a whole special thing for that? Like, I don't think they needed to. They could have probably waited. But at least with E3. It was something you could sort of go. No, they need to come swinging because if they don't, yeah, they're gonna like not lose, but you know everyone's gonna laugh how shit they were. So they have to come swinging. They can't just go. Here's a mediocre state of play, and yeah. everyone's gonna go. All right. I see. Well, state of plays, I think, have managed to make themselves slightly different. Where like state of play, Sony have gotten quite good at putting random state of plays here and there, and along with a tweet that says. Get ready for a 12-minute long state of playing featuring only titles from our third-party partners and PlayStation VR 2 games. Uh, it's basically code for Spider-Man 2 is not going to be here, you stupid <laughs> fucker. Um, it's exactly Nintendo, Yeah. Nintendo are quite good at that as well. But I do know what you mean at the, like, Microsoft... I know they had that um, developer conference a couple of weeks ago with, like, months ago, rather, with Minecraft Legends and a few other bits and pieces... Um, but there is this element of like Microsoft kind of not doing anything for a whole year. And I believe it was today. There were some tweets going around basically confirming that it looks like the, between their core Xbox and Bethesda showcase 
and the uh, Starfield uh, showcase, the combination of the two have got like two hours, it will look like there'll be about two hours in total. Like you look at that, and you're like, some shit's going to go down. I don't know whether it's time to see Fable yet, but I'm going to watch it for the fourth year in a row, hoping it's time to see Fable. Um, and, uh, and to be fair to Sony and to PlayStation and to Nintendo, like if PlayStation turned around and said, there's a showcase next week and it's 90 minutes long and they called it a showcase, not a state of play, then, then that's probably the, 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 the thing that could get me the hardest in video game teasing terms right now. An actual, honest to goodness, just like those old September ones PlayStation showcase would, would fuck my world up right now. I still think the best I've ever seen with with Sony is um, the. It was what what was it last? It was Last of Us Two, uh, uh, Ghost of Tsushima, oh. and uh, what was so you, you're talking about 2018, which yes. is ironically when we were there, and they picked four games, and yeah, it was Last of Us Two, Ghost of Tsushima. Death Stranding, right, that, and, yes. Sp- and Spider Man, and those were the the four like pillar <sighs> games that they got extended looks, and then they did mini things in between. And if you imagine with that sort of stuff, like I can't imagine that would make business sense without a big thing like E three to to back- package together in like such a short space of time, such four massive games, it would make more sense, I suppose, for them to kind of go over the whole course of the year to sort of do, because then they, they tentpole the whole year and go, look how amazing Sony is. We can show off these games all year long, whereas E3 kind of pushes you to go, bring your A game, bring it hard, make everyone super excited. Like not saying Sony can't do it anymore, and I'm sure they will, like we're saying, a, yeah. um, a, a big sort of September Sony showcase would be amazing but I, I i yeah i worry we'll never have anything as good as like e3 days again where things do really bang it, it, it's definitely never gonna be as condensed as e3 used to be like we're never gonna have that like you think about the whole that 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 point that we got to where and i know there are various studios like pulled in and out at various times like uh bethesda were in there by the end and some just some companies like uh, i don't know like konami for example had very much distance themselves from it but you would go through those days where you like it's ea nintendo playstation um xbox ubisoft uh like i said bethesda were in there square enix um and and, like all of these things they were all going to have their own press conference they're all going to do it in and it was in such a finite amount of time it was a guaranteed two or three a day for like three days in a row and it was it was bliss. You like you would take work off for it because partly because it was at like three in the morning, but partly also just because you wanted to bask in it. And yeah, you're right. Like that will never happen again. That's I hadn't thought about it like that. That's so strange because if we'd have started our channel, if we'd have started gaming back, like or sorry, in you know in the next couple of years, let's say we were ten years younger, um, we never would have had that thing of staying up till stupidly late to watch stuff to record to do all of that because. Game Fest is a lot more of a sort of a, a chill. It can get hectic, but it's a yeah. lot more of a chill kind of two month period. It's not a, it's not an insane three days of like how the hell are we going to cover everything? No, exactly. And and I'm sure there are a lot of people who are used to picking up an awful lot of blisters and twisted ankles around the E3 period that are glad maybe that's changed. But yeah, because um, it could it could be stressful. But yeah, I I don't I I need to I have to have a look and see if it's already up there. But if we've got access to it. Um, we should put the E3, uh, our E3 vlog up on 
Did we do a vlog for E3? We did, didn't we? Yeah, the, 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 there was... 2018, it was like a weird kind of like vlog that wasn't quite a vlog, where you and I kind of sat on the green screen when we came back and it got pieced together from that clips, the clips we did it. have. Um, yeah, well, Chris will have all that, so... If we've got that and we haven't got it on the Patreon, maybe we should stick it on the Patreon for... Uh, for as, as a little treat for people that are sad E3's gone, they can relive 2018 uh, E3. Yeah. The irony us. there is that, um, like, I think because I thought you, people that are sad E3's gone. For some reason, I thought you were going to say people that are sad Chris has gone. And the irony about that piece of content is, of course, Chris couldn't make it to E3 2018. So it's just you, me, and Roisin out there. Because I believe Chris's son was like being basically being born. I, as, yeah, uh, I think it was. It was happening. Yeah, he was um, expected. Um, very, very soon, and so I think Chris didn't want to risk um, risk it. Well, probably yeah. wouldn't have um, been in a been a happy household if he'd uh, said, "I'm really sorry. I know you're about to pop, but I've got to go to LA." Yeah, but, you know. Spe- speak of the devil, he is in chat right now. So if you want to uh, if you want to um, pop chat Chris a little message in chat and just say hello to him, uh, yeah, hot panic is there chatting. Tell him how much you miss him, and tell him, tell him to come home. Tell him, Daddy. T- tell him that Daddy misses him. Daddy misses you. Um, yeah. It didn't need the voice, but okay. you, we did. You'd always need to do a voice. You can't do no voice. Mm. Um, as you were saying though about Sony, I don't think we actually said specifically, but there is um, talk that a uh, Sony um, showcase will be happening ahead of Summer Game Fest, uh, coming yes. in from Jeff Grubb, who says that it should be held. What we're saying pre June tenth. Yeah, well, this is interesting because remember you brought this up. Like again, at this point, it could have been weeks ago, it could have been months ago. Like, uh, time has no meaning anymore. But you kind of said, "Oh yeah, aren't there rumors going around of, of of a PlayStation showcase?" And I think I remember at the time kind of saying to you, "Like, oh yeah, there are some, but they're fairly kind of like low key Twitter rumors, largely based on the fact that there just hasn't been one yet, and people are excited." But um, Grub has become the first uh, uh, sort of insider, quote-unquote, to put his money where his mouth is and say that, that he thinks that one will happen, but that notably it's going to happen before Summer Game Fest and all the would-be E3 activities kick off. Yeah, so... And, and hey, considering Summer Game Fest starts on June 8th, um, and we're already looking at the fact that, like, it's, it's mid-April, you know, we're kind of talking about the next, like, six, seven weeks that this is going to have to happen in for this prediction guess rumor whatever you want to call it to to be accurate so potentially exciting times ahead unless of course he is either a completely wrong and or b making it up or c as is often the case with these insiders is wrong he just doesn't know it yet um and then <laughs> yeah. he'll grovel grovel and apologize and ask for his reputation to remain completely intact once he finds out that he is in fact wrong i it's like fu- jeff grubb for what it's worth but yeah it's funny as well because um, the idea of, of I like the idea that I, I, I'm not saying I know they're not saying if it does happen before um, Summer Game Fest, it won't be like necessarily that they want to do it before Summer Game Fest. It would just be that they've picked a date because it fits with whatever. But I oh, like yeah. the, I like the idea that someone at Sony's like fuck Jeff Keighley, we're going to do it before Summer Game Fest. And they announce a date. Like, let's say they go, we're doing it June 1st, in your face, Jeff Keighley. And Jeff Keighley just says, Summer Game Fest starting uh, 31st of um, May. <laughs> They're hey, like, yeah, do, yeah. you pr-. And he's like, dude, it's, uh, I just put a 
date bracket around everything cool happening. If you put it at like a few days earlier, I'm just going to tweak my dates. And he's like, I'm, I'm just going to tell people it's a it's spring game fest now because because the PlayStation have moved their showcase to yeah. Man, Jeff don't Jeff doesn't change names. Jeff keeps it hard. He knows what he's doing. He look at his shiny boots. He does not need to do. He'll just keep it Summer Game Fest. He'll just put his right. arms around you, even if you don't want him to, and he'll cuddle you all together and go, "You're all part of Summer Game Fest now, whether you want it to happen or not." You cannot get You're away. right. You Jeff Keeley's knee bends for no man. Um, <laughs> exactly. But, but my my read on the slightly strange timing and the kind of the hey before June kind of time like sort of like rough guideline is that for like again from what I understand. And I think Rubber's said some of this stuff before in the past offhand, but he's never committed it to writing, which way it's never been picked up or reported on. It, like, that this was probably meant to happen, like, last year or last September, when, you know, it has always traditionally happened, year on year up to that point, and a lot of things just kind of weren't ready. And so if this was a situation where you're Sony and you're just delaying something, delaying something, delaying something, like pushing it back because you want to get as many things ready as possible... The idea of something that was due in September getting pushed back so far that you're then actually going after Microsoft and you're going after Ubisoft might be a... You might look at that and say, like, no, like, we don't want to get caught in that wave. And, like, the thing about Xbox... I was saying this to, to our friend Sam um, Richards uh, the other the other day. The thing about Xbox, and they're always... For me, they're always in such a fascinating position because... It feels like X with that, all the acquisitions and all the games in development. It feels like Xbox have been in the calm before the storm for about four years straight. Um, <laughs> yeah, and that any Xbox showcase could be the one where they go, all of these games are finally ready. Um, that uh, could you imagine all the games that they've got like in the pipeline just came all at the same time, and they're like exactly, and like some of that stuff will have to be readier. You know, this summer, I just don't know what yet. Um, we'll see. Maybe, maybe I'm. I I don't know anything these days. I remember. I still remember watching that Beyond Good and Evil two trailer and thinking like, "Wow, man, this looks absolutely." And and like uh, the last night and being like, "I cannot wait for some of these games to come out." And then just over the next few years, just being like, "Oh, I think they're vaporware." And then just like that kind of feeling just washes over you. And then every, now I get more, I'm a little more cynical every year when I see another thing for a game that I think looks incredible and then just think like, oh, yeah, it's not going to be I, Honestly, I think a certain amount of cynicism with this stuff is totally healthy. And um, I, I personally have a, a weird habit, and I think I've talked about this in the past, of going back and watching old E3s and watching old live streams and stuff like that. And there's nothing like doing that to remind you a how much longer games take to come out than people want you to believe and b how many games just don't come out at all um so yeah that's so true uh, that's so true yeah games that you, that we've forgotten all the ones that have just never been released yeah yeah um it is unfortunate oh dear yeah i'm looking at a list of um xbox sort of titles now um what's what's the top tier well, it's weird because they've obviously their 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 current slate of things that will hopefully come out this year has been fairly well established. Redfall is out uh, next month. Uh, Starfield is still hopefully still going to come out this year, and there's also probably going to be 
uh, Forza Motorsport this year. They kind of rebooted Forza Motorsport. Um, I, there's a there's a lot of kind of unknowns. Um, Arcane is obviously two studios technically now with Leon and Austin. So they have been like the Leon team would have been working on something since Deathloop, unless it was all hands on Redfall. I don't know. The Coalition. Um, there have been lots of rumors about remastered or remade Gears of War games, or just straight up Gears of War Six. Um, Double Fine, obviously now first party, and that they uh, we knew we hey you know from that documentary that they weren't just working on Psychonauts two, no. they were working on two or three projects even then. Uh, Perfect Dark obviously got announced and then immediately disappeared. Indiana Jones got announced and immediately disappeared. We also don't know if Machine Games are still working on like a Wolfenstein game or whatever. Minecraft Legends is out in a bit. Uh, Hellblade, Hellblade 2 still doesn't have a date. Uh, Project Mara, also from Ninja Theory. Um, Avowed, we still haven't seen since the reveal trailer. The Outer Worlds 2, we haven't seen since the reveal trailer. Fable, we haven't seen since the reveal trailer. Uh, Rares Everwild, um, there might have been a second trailer for that. But basically, we haven't seen for years now. Um, State of Decay three, we haven't seen since the reveal trailer. Uh, Contraband, we haven't seen since the reveal trailer. Um, and there are other things like things that were at the last showcase, like that are a history untold. And also, just lots of lots of teams that are almost certainly working on other. Like we don't know what ID have been working on since right. Doom Eternal, but like. So, like, there are gaps that could be filled, and there's even... But even if those gaps aren't filled, even if you're talking about games with names that had trailers <laughs> three years ago, there's still plenty. Um, that's I, I, that's what I think my worst cynicism now is for, and I've said this before on the pod, is for when they just show a logo, and everyone goes, oh! and you're like, no, shut up. Don't give them well, that. Yeah, Don't give them that satisfaction I, of making the noise. They've not I done anything. I don't think I even mentioned one of the most famous examples of that of all time, like the Elder Scrolls Six, which again <laughs> right. also would be would be Microsoft first party. But the problem course, was they yeah. ha- they haven't even they haven't even re- like released the game they're making before that yet. Yes, um, in, in the form of Starfield. Um, and for a reminder, Jonesy, that was indeed E3 2018 that you and me were at, where both Starfield and the Elder <laughs> Scrolls Six were formally revealed. So five years later, neither of them are out. We need to withhold the noise. We need to don't don't give them the dopamine hit of us all making the gasp, shocked, excited noise because then they go home and they're like, actually, we don't need to make a game. I'm done. I'm spent. It's like someone who, rather than gets laid, just jerks off, and then they're like, I don't need to get laid now because I've I've had the hit. We need to not give them the satisfaction. Don't let them be the man at the soapland who gets off. Be okay. the be the soapland employee who says, "No, I'm just here to get to know you. I don't do anything else. Send you on your way." Blue balls, blue ball, blue. We need to blue balls the games industry. Okay, I like li- I like the sound of this. this so is that, a fun plan. <laughs> so that if they get blue balls and then they have to actually make games rather than show us a Metroid. Uh, logo and then everyone goes oh and we're like, no don't let them don't let them get away with that yeah <laughs> it, it is funny that on the one hand I agree with you but on the other hand like I heard someone talk about all the games that were coming out in the next month or two this past week and I was like that's too many video games I can't play <laughs> that's too many these motherfuckers need to slow down it was um, like yeah Jedi Survivor of course is uh, one of the one of the biggest ones I'm looking forward to coming out this month and I'm already like Jesus, how Jedi Survivor, and then we got a whole, like getting into like summer and everything. 
And I'm already, I'm already worried that I haven't got enough time to finish Jedi Survivor before something else amazing. I know, happens. right? So Jedi Survivor takes me too long out. to finish a game. Oh yeah, um, bro, me too. And I just started a 100 us plower, 100 hour plus RPG for no reason. <laughs> um, that so that Minecraft Legends game is coming out. Um, Advanced Advance Wars One and Two reboot is finally coming out. Like you mentioned, uh, Star Wars is coming out. Dead Island Two is finally coming out. Oh, That's yes, this of month. course. Um, oh, and Red, wow! Redfall, Redfall is coming out. Um, I don't know, like Lego Two K Drive. That Lord of the Rings Gollum game is finally coming out. Then by sure. the time you get to June, it's Street Fighter Six. It's Diablo Four. It's uh, Crash Team Rumble. Final Fantasy Sixteen. Um, yeah, there's there's big games. Um, is it, and, it, yeah. and then it gets quieter, but then that's when June happens, and all of a sudden it's not so quiet. Yeah, and then it gets kind of mental again. Yeah. Oh, well. Games. Um, games. I think we've pretty much reached the end of our news stories that we want to talk about today. But as that we now do this live, this is the fun part of the show, Jamie, where I like to just go back over some of the comments people have made, give a little shout out to people that have been watching. Oh, yeah. Um, just to pick up on anything that we might have missed. Um, so let me give a couple of shout outs to... Uh, Am I going to say everyone? Why not? Let's do it. So Dark Mick is on fire. Classy Cat. Once It Wonder. 69 DJ. Uh, Slick. Uh, Chris. Hot Panic, of course, is in the chat. Who else is in there? B-Rab was tro- stopped by. All of you awesome people. Geometric Potter. Callum. Obviously, P's what I said earlier. All of you, thank you so much for um, watching along live and chatting and saying hello. Bran- Brannon Christian. Shout has said just said shout me out, so I'm giving you a shout out as well. Um, let me uh, let me just pick out see if anyone said anything that we we could comment on. Ah, uh, once it wonder said we don't need to blue balls the game industry, we need to edge the entire gaming industry, which is maybe, yeah, but, uh, maybe I, I a might actually way. prefer that. Yeah, maybe this is a better I might way to prefer that because then if you edge the games industry, then you get yeah, a little bit of video game pre cum still along the way, and you could just you could <laughs> like, just a demo, up, like a demo, like a demo, exactly. <laughs> Demos famously the the precum of the video game industry. That needs to be on a box. open bait open betas. Are they <laughs> yeah, but the, the precum of the gaming industry. I like that. Yeah. Uh, Dark Mix on Fire was saying so many games for the next two months. I'm hoping I get to review at least half of the ones I want. See, I could never do that. I don't finish games fast enough to a do them, b review them, and c get through any more than one game in any decent amount of time. I'm yeah, I'm too too slow. It's tough out there, man. Like you got a job, you got you got a family. Yeah, you got you got more responsibilities than me. If if we're doing comparisons, and as sixty nine said, family always comes first. That's very very fast and furious of them to point out, but they're not wrong. Yeah, someone then said, "Are you Vin Diesel?" So yeah, there you go. Yeah. I always live my life a quarter of a video game at a time. <laughs> I like that. That's good. Uh, just to go back to Mario, B-Raub said, I uh, saw Mario yesterday with the family, thought it was really good, um, that you couldn't nitpick it, but he had a blast, and it's damn funny too, so that's good to hear. Nice. That's a, a shining recommendation. Oh, we've got to rehash everything now, because Chris is asking, what 90-hour J- um, RPG did Jamie start? And he's asked if oh. you started playing Elden Ring yet without without mentioning it. 
No, uh, the, so the answer to the question is uh, Yakuza like a dragon. So not that exciting. And it, it does, Chris, it does feel like the kind of game I can sort of put down at some point and not have to see through because I've done that with every other Yakuza game ever. So why not? You know, I'm, I'm so it, I sad can. I didn't get to see his face as you said it was Yakuza and not Elden Ring. It, you know what? So I'm, I'm not saying I'm not saying this to be facetious. I'm saying this with 100 uh, percent being 100 percent genuine, hand on heart, on my mum's, all of the above. I genuinely thought this being a bank holiday weekend that this was going to be the Elden Ring weekend, and I thought about how I need to structure that and plan that. I thought about the fact that I need to speak to Chris before I start because way back when he t- told me to make sure I checked in with him first to make sure you know the groundwork was all laid out. And I, I pussied out. Um, uh, I had, you know, it being Easter, there were family things I needed to take care of. I wasn't sure how much I was going to be here or there. Yes, I ended up playing like 18 hours of Yakuza and that could have been Elden Ring time, but I didn't know that at the time, Chris. Okay. Uh, he's he's actually shouted out and said that the reason he left Super Show was because you wouldn't play Elden Ring. See, I've blown it now. How good would it have been if I'd waited for the first episode that he wasn't here for to say <laughs> I've started it and just talk about it for like nonstop? Yeah, yeah, yeah. no that that would have been that would have been very fun. I'll get my vengeance somehow. <laughs> yeah, man, that would be good. Um, but hey, with that, I think it is uh, time to call a halt to this whole crazy thing. Um, oh, thanks yeah. so much, everybody, for joining. Uh, thank you for watching along live. Thank you for being patrons if you are. Um, subscribing, all of that good stuff. Commenting below the video if you're watching this after the fact. Remember that you can check this out as a uh, podcast on podcasting platforms or you can check it out on YouTube. Um, we're also on Twitter at Super Show Pod. Um, don't send any rude pictures anymore because Chris will not be checking it and they were purely for his enjoyment. So if you want to slide into our um, uh, Twitter messages, make sure you keep it wholesome because Jamie's only young. And you might burn yeah. his innocent eyes. They have to DM them to Chris directly now. That's what I've been doing. <laughs> Set up a forward. Yeah, exactly. I like it's like, it. It's like when you rewrite, rewrite your uh, post with the Royal Mail. I don't live here anymore. <laughs> yeah. We just send it straight off. Yeah. All right. Thank you, everybody, so much. Thank you, Jamie, for being uh, your awesome usual self. And Thanks we me, Jonesy. will catch you, everybody, real soon. So see you later. Bye.